0: Louisiana.
1: First stop for President Donald Trump was Lake Charles, Louisiana.
0: Already met some people that have been absolutely devastated. This was a tremendously powerful storm.
1: His visit to both Louisiana and Texas comes two days after the Category 4 storm slammed the Gulf Coast, leaving at least 14 dead. Hundreds of thousands still remain without power or water, and it could be that way for weeks or months. I'm Shelley Adler.
2: One person fatally shot last night in Portland, Oregon, as Black Lives Matter protesters and people part of a large caravan supporting President Trump clashed in the streets of that city. This is SRN News.
0: Mike Gallagher doesn't see much firepower from the left.
2: Trump simply extended the Obama-Biden economic recovery. That's the best they got. Do you realize the best they've got? Is to blame where we are right now with the economy on Trump rather than coronavirus? Do you realize
0: that's the best they got? The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 8 on AM 1280. The Patriot, intelligent radio. <laughs>
3: Is your child unenthused about school or lagging behind because of the last minute changes in distance learning due to COVID-19? Well, it's not too late to get them caught up. Just visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com today to see all of our partner schools and learn how we'll save you half off your first year of enrollment for a new students. Just past one o'clock Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities, take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center, chance of showers, high of 78. We got hour one Brad Carlson of the Narn starting right now here on AM 1280, The Patriots.
6: You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to leave us a message via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Beautiful day out there today, as I said. Uh, you know, today would be the first weekend of the Minnesota State Fair, if we're actually, uh, actually happening. It was supposed to start this past Thursday, but of course, of COVID-19, the uh, State Fair succumbed to that, as many of big events have. But last year was the first year that AM 1280, the Patriot, was not broadcasting at the fair. And my wife and I were going to go, and something cropped up to where we couldn't. And then the following weekend, uh Labor Day weekend we had a wedding to attend, so we weren't we were busy with that. And then of course the fair was over and looked back and says, gosh, I didn't really miss it. And I don't really miss it this year, to be honest with you. I mean it, I pretty much once this pandemic hit and springtime rolled in, you know, once it can't got around springtime, I'm like, yeah, fair's not happening. And it's not. And we don't broadcast from there anyway. So may I figured it out. Maybe the only incentive I had to go to the fair every year was we were broadcasting from there. Mm, that okay. that that could be. I mean, my, my wife loves the, a lot different things than I do. I mean, for me, I just sit at my favorite radio booths all day and listen to my favorite radio personalities where she likes to go to all the animal barns and stuff in the grandstand, uh, you know, little shops in there, that sort of thing. So we have very different interests. So a lot of times it would be like, she's like, well, I'm going to go here, here, here. We'll meet you back <laughs> at this spot in three hours. Like, okay, cool. Sounds good, you know, and uh but I, I I don't miss it. Hmm. Uh, but I will say, today would be a perfect day it to would. be broadcasting from the It would. <laughs> it absolutely would. I mean, days like this, I, I long to broadcast outside. Well, anywhere, <laughs> but at the fair especially. So, uh, and. Doesn't look like we're going to be going back there anytime soon. No. Um, if I if I'm saying anything that's running a foul of Patriot management, they can feel free to uh, correct me or send me a strongly <laughs> worded letter. It. Leave uh, me out of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't don't
3: speak for us, pal. So. Um, you, so you were you weren't even interested in doing the food parade at all. I no. did that last weekend no. at nine in the morning, eating cheese skirts at like nine thirty. Zero. In the morning. It was interest. wonderful. I, I enjoyed it. You know what? Um, I I, I was with you. I wasn't going to miss the fair all that much. There's a million other things on my mind, particularly going on right now in the world where the fair and eating all the wonderful food and seeing all the wonderful sights and all that stuff. It didn't matter to me as much. But admittedly, when I did the food parade last weekend, it felt like the fair. It brought, really? back, okay. it brought back all that nostalgia I didn't think I would find because, first of all, they line you up in the parking lot and then they let you in. They snake you all the way through the fairgrounds. It's not just like all the booths are right next to each other. It's not a mess. It's actually pretty cool. They got live bands going around, music going around. Um, they started off where you're all parked on the midway, which was kind of a jarring experience because normally you just see a bunch of rides there. But when it's not state fair time, it's just one gigantic parking lot. But then they snuck us through, ended it with Sweet Martha's. I was extremely happy. And it, it felt like the fair. And you know what? That might be part because I didn't think I was going to get one at all. So I'll, I took what I could get. Well,
6: I I will say that I am heartened to hear that this was so popular. Yeah. Because let's face it, for some of the uh, proprietors of these different food booths or whatever, that's their income for the entire year. They right. make a mint. Right. Working in the state fair for uh, 11 days, 12, yeah. Day, 12
3: days. Yeah. And now it was gone. And it's not like these people just work at the state fair year round. They work at other carnivals, other county fairs and stuff like that. And uh-huh. none of those have been happening this summer either. So it, it was nice that they were able to put at least something together for these folks.
6: Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, I like I say, I kind of rolled my eyes at the whole food parade thing. It's like, <laughs> really? But, you know. Some people. That's all they really go for, and it's like, well, that's a big part of my state fair experience. To be sure, it's pretty much my biggest. i be honest. You know, to each their own. That's great, and I'm, I'm glad it was as <clears throat> as popular as it was. But uh, you know, my thing is, I always got uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a pretty extroverted person, sociable, gregarious, whatnot. But even that many people that <laughs> really starts to hamper me a little. Really? That really starts to. I I remember um, it was. The Saturday before Labor Day of 2010, it was my first ever broadcast for the Patriot at the fair. And I was just a fill-in. I didn't have my own show until 2011. So it was the Saturday before Labor Day, 2010. It was like 65, 70 degrees. It was like a fall day. Perfect weather. Not a cloud in the sky. Beautiful day. And I had already been to the fair twice. So I was just going there to do the broadcast and then leave. And... That day set an all-time single-day <laughs> attendance record. It yes, was nuts. Just trying to get out of there, it was insane. Yeah. And it's like, my God, I'm so glad I'm not staying here today because I had five minutes trying to weave through the crowd. I had already become uh, pretty cranky, let's just say it. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And since then, the single-day record has been broken like three or four times since <laughs> right. that Saturday. It's like, how in the world do they fit any more in there? Because I remember that Saturday. It's like, how, how could you fit any more in there? And so my point is... When they were speculating that the state fair might not happen this year and they would show pictures, you know, they would show how they show a picture of a company with a news story and they'd show the crush of people. I just get anxiety looking at that. And, and that's in a non-pandemic. Uh, right. Now, with the fact that we're in the midst of a pandemic with all those people crushed together, it's like, no shot. No shot. Even if the fair is happening,
3: I'm not going. Okay, so hypothetically, say everything's good in 2021, right? Literally the best year ever. COVID's gone away. Everybody's happy, right? And we have the state fair. I wouldn't be surprised if everything goes according to plan next year that they'll break that attendance re- a record again. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People... people People genuinely miss it. I have
6: a friend of mine. Uh, she goes with her two young children every year. She goes every single day, and she literally takes pictures of the different food items that she's sampling every day. Nice. It's it's like, mm-hmm. and she was devastated. <laughs> In fact, uh, I remember when. Um, she posted a, the news story when they officially canceled. She said, okay, I knew it was coming, but it's still hard. Just give me time. And then I posted a gif of Daffy Duck knocking on the door, wellness check. <laughs> she says, I'm still not okay. You're a good friend. Brad. Yeah. You're a good friend. <laughs> I checked it. She's, But, uh, yeah. So uh, it. Uh, I, I haven't missed it. I didn't miss it last year because, like, well, like I said, we we had a wedding to go to Labor Day weekend, you know, the Friday we are busy with the, my wife was uh, playing music in the wedding. So mm. the Friday we were busy with the rehearsal and Saturday was the actual wedding. And then of course by Sunday before Labor Day, you just want to recover from yeah. the wedding stuff. And then Monday is le- actual Labor Day. And it's like, you know, my wife's school teacher was going to start school the next day after Labor Day. And it's like, you know what? Don't we, don't, do we don't need it. to yeah. go uh, because we were going to go the weekend before and stuff came up. And uh, we were going to go on that Friday of the week be- of opening week. And stuff blew up at my workplace. I actually had to end up working late. And I said, hey, you want to go to the Twins game? My wife was a baseball <laughs> fan. Heck, yeah, let's go to the Twins game. Back when we can go to Twins games. Huh? <laughs> right, yeah. <The laughs> that I guys. miss. That I miss. <laughs> yes. I, I miss baseball in person, that's for sure. But uh, uh, fair not so much. So, yeah, so I you know, I, I think this is a first – I got to thinking about it. This is the first time since the 1980s yeah. since I have – gone consecutive years without attending the fair. Okay. And
3: you know what? I'm thinking about it now because I actually just got back from camping down near Rochester uh, with my mom because it was her birthday this weekend. Um, But I got a bachelor party next weekend, too. So honestly I'm thinking even if all things were going according to plan I might not even have been able to attend the fair this year now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah well th- that was
6: that's the latest it could possibly start is August 27 because yeah. you know Labor Day is uh, September 7 and that's when it ends and that's the latest Labor Day can ever be. So yeah, yeah. um Yeah I might not have made it. Yeah so you know it's all hmm. good I mean it's, yeah. it's, it's it's fun experience to to get out there and You know, especially now with with social media and whatnot, if you're scrolling your phone a little bit and you say, oh, so-and-so is here. You know, you say, hey, let's meet up this, that, and the other thing. And that's kind of fun because you you used to have to rely on the old-fashioned network (laughs) and it's like, hey –
3: uh, you know, uh, you where you just happen to sure. run across people. Which honestly, I mean that that still happens to this day. Oh, yeah. when I go to yeah, the fair, it does. like I always see somebody. Either like maybe I won't talk to them or anything, but maybe I see them far and be like, oh yeah, that's, that's Robbie from high school over there. I'm pretty sure, huh? Okay, cool. Every single time. In fact, one of my best friends. It was funny. We were both in the food building at the same time. He was in line for uh, the cheese curds at the mouth trap, and he's he's with his now fiance. And I just walked right next to them, unprovoked, and just be like. So what are we getting? And they kind of freaked out. They're like, where did you just come from? Yeah, right. And just like, you were literally just here, just perfect timing. <laughs> you, ever, you always see somebody you know at the fair. Is always. That, is it pronounced mousetrap, but you said it with a lisp? No, no. You said no, it with no, a lisp, no, no, no. This was what I realized several I years it. ago. Okay, you do know about that, though. Because I had a come-to-Jesus moment when I realized that the mouth trap was called the mouth trap and not the mouse trap. Yeah. Blew my mind. Well, it's a play on words. Exactly. I understand that.
6: But it it's sounds like somebody's one. saying mousetrap with a lisp, that's all
3: yeah a little bit yeah not still make, delicious cheese curds not making fun of people with lisps of course if not you have a all. lisp and you can make delicious cheese curds i don't really care yeah right <laughs> so uh you know
6: and i think people are finding other things to do that's, yeah, that's for are. sure you know and, and a beautiful day like this um you know there's plenty of stuff to do uh outdoors so uh you know i'm not really mourning the fair i can't i can't lie and, no and And, again, because the Patriots no longer doing it, maybe that was part of the reason why. It's like, well, you know, because I always look forward to being out there and promoting the show and people and friends saying, hey, where are you broadcasting? I would love to come see you. And that was my favorite part because people always knew where I was when I was out there broadcasting. And so they'd trek up to the north side of the fairgrounds. And, uh, in fact, the broadcast I did uh, in 2010 when I was just a fill-in host, for three years, from 2008 to 2010, They, The Patriot had the space where O'Gara's has its patio now. If you go right inside the main entrance on Snelling and just walk straight and take a left, I mean, O'Gara's now uh, bought the patio, but the Patriot had that spot for three years. That was prime real estate. Mm -hmm. And then the first year I had my own show full-time 2011,
3: we moved up to Machinery Hill, which we've been ever since,
6: which I love I love that location, but it certainly wasn't as high traffic
3: is all I'm saying. I think if you walk past the stairwell to go upstairs from the Patriot bunker, there is a picture of at least Lee Michaels doing a live broadcast from the fair, probably around that same time. I think it's from like twenty eleven or twenty twelve. So if you want to take a trip down memory lane, Brad, feel free. But I have to imagine like for you as as a host to uh I, I, it, it's an incredibly different experience i would imagine because you can actually like literally interact with your audience right there the people that are sitting down and listening and watching you
6: oh sure and and inevitably people walking by you get the one finger salute from some people as <laughs> you know you're on the air or, of course um or i still remember one year uh, uh tom emmer was uh when he was um, when the year he was running for governor in 2010 mm-hmm. i wasn't I did my own show, but he was on with Mitch and Ed, and people, you know, were yelling at him, "Hey, have another drink." Because when Tom Emmer was a youth, he had a he had a DUI that came out in the camp during the campaign, ah. and so they're yelling. And Tom Emmer is one of the most affable guys you ever see, and he just he would just wave with that big smile, "Hey, good to see you." I mean, he was unflappable. The high road. Didn't bother him a bit. I mean, so That's water good. off a duck's back. So, uh, well, I you know just thought we'd shoot the breeze a little bit this first <laughs> segment, and then. Uh, at 1.30, Matt Makoviak going to be on with a Republican National Convention recap, so we'll get to that. But I do want to get to some local stuff the next segment, and we will get that kicked off right here. And take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag darnshow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
0: Look at all these options. You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and
5: radio.com. Wearing a mask. It's not just about protecting yourself. It's about protecting the ones around you, your loved ones, your neighbors, your community. Yes, it can be a little uncomfortable. And yes, it's a look we're not used to but these are minor inconveniences that will have a major impact on overcoming COVID for the good of us all. So stay safe and mask up, Minnesota, not just for you, for everyone around you. Brought to you by the state of Minnesota. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker, Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now with the Red Sea Miracle part two, journey to Egypt and beyond as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MINNEAPOLIS for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com and promo code MINNEAPOLIS to save 20% on Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle Part 2. SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS.
0: George Floyd's death sparked national outrage and propelled the country to confront issues of race and justice like few times before in our history. But between partisan politics and protests, the question remains, are we tackling the issue of race in America honestly? Tough questions like this are here to stay and demand fair and truthful responses if we want to move toward a better collective future. That's why we're bringing national media host Larry Elder together with author and commentator Candace Owens for a -a one-of-a-kind virtual event called Unbiased, Unvarnished Truth Behind Race in America. Stream Unbiased live on September 17th as Larry and Candace share personal stories and present a straightforward account of the real issues of race in this country. Don't miss this important discussion in a pivotal season in our nation. For details and tickets, visit am1280thepatriot.com. Unbiased is brought to you by Roof to Deck Decoration, the Christmas lighting people. Quit smoking now for half price through this special offer from Breathe Therapy in this station. Get one Breathe Therapy program for $250. Breathe Therapy is fast, easy, and effective. Go to this station's website, click on the More tab and half price offers, or call the station now
6: yo vip oh not that version not this one hey welcome back am 1280 the patriot northern alliance radio network around the early 90s by the way i had those vanilla ice racing stripes shaved in the side of my head when i had hair
3: can we bring that back somehow that fashion trend well maybe just for you uh, uh, I could give you a would, wig or something that wouldn't work now
6: well says you hey welcome back good to see you good to talk to you I do want to get to the news story, a big news story from downtown Minneapolis from this past week. Of course, there was some unrest that took place Wednesday evening in the aftermath of a uh, domestic uh, dispute in a Nicolette Mall parking ramp where apparently uh, a man and a woman accosted another man. Uh, There was a man shot and the wo- and then the woman of the couple was arrested, and the gunman who was with her was still at large. Uh, they eventually found the gunman, who, uh, when confronted by police, the gunman uh, turned his own gun on himself and killed himself. Well, unfortunately, there were some overzealous citizens who didn't actually witness this that just figured it was another instance of uh, police uh, killing. Another black man, and as a result, the uh, looting and rioting ensued. And unfortunately, that has become an all too all too commonplace uh, recently. And again, I'll read from part of the Star Tribune story from uh, Pam Lewege. Uh The unrest had erupted Wednesday evening after officers on Nicollet Mall approached a man implicated in a killing a few hours earlier in the day at a nearby parking ramp. Suspect Eddie Frank Soule Jr., age 38, quickly ducked into a doorway and killed himself with a shot to his chin as bystanders scrambled for cover. Crowds gathered quickly as rumors spread on social media that officers had killed him. Authorities almost immediately released footage from city cameras showing that the death of Soule, who was black, was a suicide. But by then, the destruction had begun. Riders broke windows at downtown retail stores, restaurants, bars, and coffee shops, including Chipotle, Caribou Coffee, Walgreens, and Nordstrom Rack. Some businesses, such as Target, escaped with minor damage and reopened Thursday. A handful of suspicious fires had also been set, including some in South Minneapolis, miles away from the Nicollet Mall. Many businesses were already struggling financially from decreased shopping and eating out due to the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Local leaders called on uh, people to restore peace Thursday by staying safely inside, acknowledging a need for continued work to end racial disparities. So basically they use this unfortunate incident as a cudgel to continue to demagogue race issues, which, again, I'm not saying that racism is completely eradicated. We still need to work towards that. Not saying that at all. But. This is just the beginning of a disturbing trend, and we'll talk about the Kenosha issue, you know, the Kenosha shooting, Kenosha-Wisconsin shooting next hour. But that Kenosha shooting, like this one, we don't wait for the facts to come out. We just take whatever conjecture may be out there, whether it's on people post on social media or what have you, and run with it. Well, again, as the story indicated, by the time it was ascertained that this gunman killed himself when confronted by police, all hell was already breaking loose. And what they didn't mention is Brit's uh, popular establishment near Eleventh uh, and Nicollet
3: Mall was was burned to the ground. Or place not, that, yep, a burned. place that me and my friends go to all the time it wasn't
6: burned to the ground, but it was it was basically destroyed on the inside. And it yep. was the one I it was where I met Andrew Breitbart. Back in 2011. Do you know who Andrew Breitbart yes, is? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. Uh, I met Andrew Breitbart there. Back in 2011, I was in my second or third week as a radio show host. We were going to broadcast from an event downtown Minneapolis where Andrew Breitbart was going to be, and he was actually at Brits and hung out with him, chatted with him a little bit, and uh, it was great. And that was one of my fondest memories of the place. I had, hadn't been there a lot, mm-hmm. uh, but I used to work downtown, so I used to go there once in a while for lunch, yep. uh, that sort of thing. And that that got burned to the ground.
3: Yeah, me and my buddies literally have been there the last two years seeing a Beatles cover band play there on New Year's. And, uh, you know, we've had some really fun moments in that place even before then. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, know, I've seen a lot of these businesses be looted. I've seen them burned to the ground. Devastating, of course, but this was the first one for me where I had specifically a connection to, a little bit of a personal attachment to, because I think very fondly of Brit's. And so, like, I was texting with my buddies that night saying, like, guys, are you seeing the news right now? Brits is burning to the ground. And we were just talking about it. We were talking about, like, just our favorite stories about going to that place and stuff. And it's just I I don't know why it really, really hit home this time around for me, only because it was a specific place that I know and I love that I'm seeing getting destroyed. So,
6: yeah, it's to the point now I don't have any desire to to go to Minneapolis uh, in, in evening hours. Uh, you know, like I say, we talk sports on this show all the time. We're sports junkies, and, you know, obviously U.S. Bank Stadium where the Vikings play in Target Center, where the Timberwolves play and Target Field, where the Twins play. Yeah, I, I still love going to games when I have an opportunity, but I don't know that I would go to any of these games if it was in the evening. Yeah, uh, Vikings games, you know, that's that's one game. G- you know, last year I was a little hesitant because I went to a Thursday night game, but there were so many people on the light rail. That's okay. Right. You're in an, a big enough crowd where you don't have to worry about some of the issues that are taking place. Cause the light rail was just rampant with mm-hmm. crime at that, even at that point last fall. So, and I'm sorry, Minneapolis is basically becoming Detroit at this rate when, when this kind of stuff goes on. Now, fortunately they, they stemmed the tide of it and they got the national guard out there Thursday night and imposed a curfew. And, and, mm-hmm. And I'd like to think it was more a situation cooler heads prevail because once people realize, oh, shoot, um, yeah, that guy actually killed himself. He wasn't killed by police. Okay, there's really no reason to, you know, commit all these atrocities. Uh, But the fact that you say that's your first thought is to destroy stuff, uh, that's uh, probably not the best course of action either. And Mitch talked about it very eloquently on his show yesterday. Is you get these bobbleheads who come out and say, "Well, you know, someone lost their lives, and you're worried about a building, a brick building. You know, you you've got insurance, as if that justifies it." Now, again, I'll I'll, I'll grant you that if my if I had a family-owned business and my family got out unscathed and, and the building went down, okay, yeah, I'm grateful that it was my fa- that it was the building instead of my family because that then from that standpoint you say, okay, yeah, I got insurance, but I don't have insurance for if I lose my family, mm-hmm. but to dismiss it, and say, well, you got insurance. Yeah. And, and, you know, as Mitch pointed out yesterday, who's paying the insurance premiums and what happens when you make significant claims, premiums go up for everybody. And guess what? That's that's time that you've invested in that, that went up in smoke and you have to try to reestablish. So to just cavalierly dismiss it as, well, oh, you got insurance is, is just stupid you know to to to, to justify it there's no justification for this at all i i get that tensions are bubbling to the surface and and people feel this unrest and this anger because they feel like this is this is happening to to black people too often i i get all that but what the problem is we don't wait for any facts to come out zero we we just we don't wait for it we just we just take any unsubstantiated rumors and use that to guide our actions. And when the facts later come out, you just shrug and say, yeah, oh, well, those business owners have insurance. It's like a hindsight kind of a thing. Yeah,
3: it's it's despicable. Yeah. Um, being reactionary right now is not something I would recommend simply because, I mean, how the truth gets out there. I mean, people think it's instant, you know. We, we have Twitter. We can share our opinions on Twitter. We can get a pizza delivered within 15 minutes. We think these gonna, things are going to resolve themselves in 15 minutes. So we think we can we can you know solve them in 15 minutes as well. And this is an instance where I think those people thought that's what was going on now. Well, we are going to assume that this person was shot by police, and so now this is the action that we're going to take. And it's just... It's not working. I think we've proved that time and again. Reacting very quickly to these kinds of things is not going to help us. It's only going to continue to dig right. our hole of misinformation deeper. And it, it makes it makes me sad that all it takes is literally, literally like just a single tweet to literally spread just this this so much information, so much chaos. Where we had the kind of evening we had in Minneapolis. It's sad that people are so gullible that way. Honestly, they'll if believe you, anything they hear as long as it falls in line with what they want to do that particular evening. And you know what? There were plenty of people that evening that wanted to destroy those businesses, that wanted to loot them. I need
6: to finish this up. Yes, So this ahead. Wednesday after Memorial Day, of course, was the first night of really bad rioting in Minneapolis. And that was the infamous night where Umbrella Man, a guy dressed in all black holding an umbrella, smashed out the windows of an auto zone, and thus incited riots. And this person... I, re- I read the Star Tribune story about Umbrella Man literally a month ago about how an email, anonymous email was sent that said, this is who this person is. And that person who they said it is has been identified as a white supremacist. And finally, uh, progressives got to see their Sasquatch. Finally, a white supremacist is actually uh, responsible for something because they always blame white supremacists for, well, everything. And that person yet to be identified. That person has yet to be charged. But yet, that person is the catalyst for all these nights of rioting. So if that's the standard you're going to have, that someone smashes out windows and incites rioting, then shouldn't people who got on Twitter and said, oh my God, another another unarmed black man was shot by police on Nicolette Mall, and thus rioting ensued in reaction to that, shouldn't those people be held to that same standard that they, of incitement? Is, are there any charges? that can be associated with that? that would stick. i mean if that's a standard you're going to hold for incitement then yeah, you're dang right that anybody who substantially puts out false information and thus people riot based on that information isn't that incitement by your very definition? that'll probably quietly go down the drain i mean. i have a feeling, kind of like the city of minneapolis circling the drain. 651-289-4488 four, four, eight, eight is the number to call. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with Matt Mikowiak, Political Wonk, talking RNC next on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. You've heard all the lies about President Trump. Trump is a racist. Trump is Putin's pet. Here's
4: the truth. Trump is the most effective conservative president that America has had in decades. And every lie they spread about him is targeting you. This is Kurt Schlichter. And my new book is called The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You. It does what no other book does. It knocks down the 21 biggest lies about our president with facts and logic and humor. Trump obstructed justice, Trump hates immigrants. These are big lies, and the reason for the lies is simple. President Trump is the first president in a long time to stand up for the Constitution and for conservative principles. And when the left wants to tear down everything this country stands for, my new book, The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You, explains why this president's courage and common sense are exactly what we need today. This is the most important book of the year. Read it and you'll agree. The 21 Biggest Lies About Donald Trump and You by me, Kurt Schlichter. Get it wherever books are sold.
1: I'm on my third child and also on my third vehicle at Grove Hyundai. I'm Christelle from Mendota Heights. did my research on high rated vehicle, good value, and that brought me right to Hyundai. So now I'm on my third and also my third child, uh, which brought up the need to upgrade the vehicle again. So now I'm in the Santa Fe and Hyundai brings a lot of features to the table for not a lot of money. And considering I'm taking my kids in the vehicle, it's also a really highly rated vehicle as far as safety. So Invergrove Hyundai was able to work out just a great deal. The staff and the salespeople really did uh, close the deal for me because everyone has been just a joy to deal with.
5: Through September 8th, get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus no payments for 90 days on Tucson and Santa Fe. Every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai Assurance. Stop into Invergrove Hyundai or shop online at invergrovehyundai.com.
2: Runners, to your mark. Set. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. Good hit. Way to go, girl. Woo! At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America, helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders, and we see it happening in communities across Minnesota every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations
6: welcome back M 128 of the Patriot it is the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me Brad Carlson thanks so always for tuning in 651-289-4488 is the number to call you can also weigh in via Twitter hashtag NARN show that's hashtag NARN show for any comments or questions as always we appreciate you tuning in uh, do we have Matt Mikowiak on the
3: line? Yes, we do. All right.
6: Well, uh, like say this past week, a big week for uh, President Trump and the Republicans as the Republican National Convention took place again this past week, just a week after the Democratic National Convention. A lot of very intriguing, prominent speakers that took place at the uh, RNC. I thought, it, I thought it was very well done. Obviously, you're... Expectations, At least my expectations were not very high, given the fact that we're in the midst of this COVID pandemic and pretty much having to do everything virtually, not a lot of couldn't do it in a big arena with raucous crowds or anything. But uh, I you know, I thought it was a, a very well done event. Well, we want to bring in on our political wonk, Matt Koviak, to uh, uh, talk about the convention, kind of provide a little recap and see uh, what uh, we can expect the final two months uh, before Election Day. So Matt koviak as always, pleasure to welcome you to the broadcast. How are you, sir?
7: Hey, Pratt. I'm doing great. How
6: about you? I am doing well. Thank you. I appreciate, as always, your uh, uh, your time and uh, opportunity to join us. Uh, as I was saying, Matt, the Republican National Convention took place this past week. Uh, obviously, the Republicans had probably some stated goals, what they'd like to accomplish with some of the speakers, some of the things that they'd like to convey. So from uh, that standpoint, Matt Mikowiak, um what specifically were the Republicans looking to accomplish going into this convention? And from your standpoint... Uh, do you feel uh, they uh, did accomplish it?
7: Yeah, kind of like you, I had uh, modest expectations. I was a little concerned it was going to be sort of a Fox News convention, right, which sort of, yeah. you know, scratches the, the itch of the of the base but doesn't really do more than that. And uh, in this case, honestly, I thought they did an incredibly good job. I said on Twitter I thought it was the strongest Republican convention of my lifetime. Really? And I mean that. Yeah, I mean that um, doesn't mean every moment was perfect, sure. that the president's you know, speech was a little long. I thought the Vice President's speech is President uh, Pence's speech is maybe a little flat. Um, but um, the, what I think I think there's a few things they did that were really important. Number one, they made so many different persuasive cases to people watching as to why Trump deserves reelection. And it was on issues that don't always get a lot of attention, whether it's something like school choice whether it's something like freeing hostages, um, American citizens who are being held hostage. We got a long list. Um, but the pro-life issue has never been as front and center or even as starkly communicated as it was at this convention. And in each case, they, they found the single most compelling person to offer that message. Right? You even had Herschel Walker, the Heisman Trophy winner, the NFL star, the Hall of Famer. who has been friends for, with Trump for 37 years make a pretty persuasive case that he wouldn't be really good friends with someone who, who, who he believed was racist. Sure. Um, so my point is I just think that they they, they found very compelling, um, you know, sort of witnesses on these different issues and making very persuasive cases. So that's number one. Number two, you know, there's an advantage to going second, and the incumbent party, you know, gets to go second. And they get to go second. The advantage is that you get to see what the other side did, and you can react, um, and you can, you know, kind of adapt to it. And I think, you know, the Democrats, as they often do, they put, you know, Hollywood front and center. And there were some bizarre moments, but but there were certainly a lot of, you know, sort of celebrities involved in the Democratic Convention. Um, I don't even know if we have any Republican celebrities, but if we do, they're, they're few and far between. But they certainly were not featured in this convention. Right. You had average right. citizens. Right. You remember the lobster, lobsterman from Maine. Sure. Um, they had a, you know, a Navajo or excuse me, a Native American you know leader from New Mexico. Um, yeah, there were just so many sort of compelling speakers. Ann Dorn, whose husband had retired from the police, but was uh, I think rushed towards a, a bad situation and was killed. Uh, you know, the, 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 there were so many sort of the average speakers. I think that just did an incredibly good job. Uh, and these aren't polished people; these aren't you know professional speakers. Um, they're not gonna you know on their own probably create a lot of viral content for for Twitter or Facebook. But in just telling their story, whatever their story is. I thought it was very compelling. And I guess the third thing I'd say that this convention did well, it reminds me of something Hugh Hewitt once told me. He said that um, real estate, in his, in his, in his background which he, when he was a lawyer, and I guess he still is a lawyer, but when he dealt with real estate guys, he finds that when they hit a snag in a negotiation, the way that they solve it is by making the deal bigger. Mm. And I don't know whether this was a um, specific strategic goal of the convention, but it seems to me... We were kind of mired in this muck of coronavirus, right? Case rate, death rate, hospitalization rate, the number of people who 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 had died. I mean, really just kind of depressing uh, numbers and statistics and things like that, even though the, the storyline's been getting better in recent weeks around the country. Um, and the Democrats focused on that. You know, they, they really went after Trump on that and other things. Uh, Trump, with his message at this convention, made it bigger. He made this entire race bigger. It's about you know, protecting the American way of life. It's about whether you believe in law and order and, 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 and whether our city should be you know, safe or not from rioting and looting and violent, uh, violent protesting. So I overall, I really do think they did a great job. Um, I think Trump is gaining. I think we're already seeing that in the early uh, snapshot polling. I think you'll see more of that this week. And I think this is a new race. I'm not sure. I, I, I think not sure. I'd say Trump is the front runner now. But this is a 50-50 race now where he was down, you know, five or ten points nationally a week or two weeks ago. So from that standpoint alone, this was a tremendous success. Kind of one of the
6: criticisms uh, levied toward uh, the RNC is just ahead of it when, you know, came the time, kind of the obligatory drafting of the platform. Uh, One of the criticisms was they really didn't come up with one. It was just basically kind of a, a... uh, open checkbook a blank slate for Trump to you know guide us do whatever we need to do and obviously that drew uh, significant criticism you know for some Republicans but definitely uh, a lot of uh, trump detractors as well uh Mabikovic, do you see that as a, as, a, as a big problem going forward or what was your what was your take on kind of that uh, uh, outlook on the uh, on the uh, platform itself
7: yeah a couple things one it's not that we don't have a platform they basically just ratified the platform from four years ago so they didn't make any changes sure but keep, keep in mind, the, re- the reason for that is not because we are the Trump Party, although to a great extent we've become that. He is our, our president. He's our party leader. He's our commander-in-chief. Um, he's defining the Republican Party right now just as any incumbent president does. But the real reason that they didn't pass a new platform is that they could not gather, and they moved the venue so many times. They only had a couple of weeks, and they really could not do the work. Okay. Just logistically, of putting a platform together, I mean, you generally have to come a week before, hold committee hearings, get witness testimony, have lots of votes, and that really logistically was not possible. Um, So I think that's really more the issue. Um, The only reason Democrats are whining about this is they like to focus on the platform every four years and find a couple, you know, potentially controversial issues and blow them out of proportion. Right. And this didn't give them that opportunity.
6: Okay, yeah, I I, like I say that was one. I seemed to be a a point of contention that was brought up just uh, prior to the convention, but obviously, as it got going, it wasn't as big a focus. Uh, You know, you alluded to Matt some of the some of the prominent speakers that uh, spoke at the convention, and obviously, uh, you know, South Carolina was very well represented with former Governor Nikki Haley. Who was also the UN ambassador in the in the Trump administration, first part of his first term, and uh, Senator Tim Scott, you know, Senator out of South Carolina, and then Kimberly Clychek, a, a congressional candidate out of Baltimore. Uh, it's showing; it's really kind of busting that uh, progressive narrative that the Republican Party is a monolithic, you know, old white male party. And I think they show that with their not only their diversity of, uh, you know. Uh, of race, but also diversity of thought. I mean, Rick Grinnell, I thought, made a very compelling case that, look, under Trump's leadership, the, the the Republican Party has been more friendly to the LGBT community than it ever has been before. So from that standpoint, Matt Mikowiak, I kind of had a feeling that all stuck the landing, given the way that progressives were so dismissive of a party that they chide as not being very diverse. They show that diversity, and then these people are just uh, chided as... Uh, for lack of a better word, tokens.
7: It was pretty disgusting, man, i got to admit. It was. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, you know, the only diversity that Democrats care about is whether you espouse liberalism or not. Right. And that's that's the diversity that's, that's celebrated, right? Uh, female Republicans are attacked for not being real women because they're not generally pro, pro-choice. pro African Americans are, you know, Republicans are generally described as, as traitors or Uncle Toms. Of course. You know, Hispanic, Hispanic Republicans are generally described as, as not being pro-immigrant. Um, this goes on and on and on. And you're right. The diver- bench of the party I thought was really impressive uh, during this last week. Um, now, look, there were a lot of Trumps that spoke, and I don't know that I would have had all the children speak and Agreed. their spouses slash girlfriends. You know, there was a little, probably a little bit too much of that. Um, on the other hand, I thought they all did fine in their own way. Uh, I thought Eric Trump was good. I actually thought Tiffany Trump was really good. We haven't heard much from her over the last uh, few years. Um, so, yeah, look, um, it was not a perfect convention by any means, and there's some things I, I would have changed. Generally, these conventions is the most important moments are the presidential and vice presidential uh, nomination, you know, acceptance speeches. And as I said, I thought both of those were you know, le- were left le- left me, you know, wanting, wishing for more a little bit. Right. But I don't think those were the memorable moments. The memorable moments were the average citizens. It was Anne Dorn. It was the, the, the um, Kayla Mueller's parents. I, I thought, in many ways, that was the most powerful moment of the entire convention, um, when when the parents were talking about that, about um, you know Baghdadi raping their daughter, about you know not having a chance to talk to President Obama, of, of having even to this day having never had any interaction with Vice President Biden. Um, you know, you can imagine if your daughter is a social worker that's traveling take care of migrants in um i think she eventually went to syria i forget where she went initially turkey i think oh yeah Uh, you can imagine these are probably not grassroots conservatives um but but you know they they came to see president trump in a specific way because of their own experience and that was highly compelling That, that rises above sort of partisan rhetoric that people are tired of and i just think there were so many unbelievable moments like that that were really powerful
6: once again, we're joined by our favorite political wonk, Matt Mikowiak, uh, doing a recap of the Republican National Convention that took place this past week. Uh, Matt, Nate, do you take a quick pause? Are you available to hang for just one final short segment? No problem. Okay, Matt Mikowiak coming back, and again, we'll wrap up our discussion on the Republican National Convention and uh, kind of just see where the race is going over these uh, final couple months. And available to take your phone calls, too, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson and the closer are back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere.
0: AM 1280 The Patriot. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide.
5: I know
4: that on those tablets Mr. Moses brought down is the commandment to not covet, but I'll confess my neighbor and his lawnmower is making it tough. He's got this stand behind ride along space shuttle that covers probably three times more space than my trusty old lawn boy. So when we have who mows the fastest races, which are completely fabricated in my head, he has some impressive advantages that I just don't have. And at our Faith and Family Mortgage Team, we're blessed to have a pretty special advantage of our own, and one that could be a big deal for you. Our team is lucky to be an arm of a bigger company that is a direct lender. Which means, our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. An advantage that often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money on a refinance or new home purchase. We United Faith Mortgage.
5: United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp 25 Mill Park, Royal New York, licensed mortgage banker for licensing, information, to analysts, consumer access outdoor, corporate analysts, number 1330, equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or you. Warning. 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 warning, warning, warning.
6: Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey,
7: I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM 1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue
6: Be careful. Once you try a Patriot burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at rackshackbarbecue.com.
0: Rack Shack.
5: If you are struggling, the Salvation Army is here to help. For many, the pandemic and the call for justice have created unexpected necessity. A new wave of everyday people who never ask for help but need it now. The need is real and the need is great. The Salvation Army has increased our capacity to serve more people. We are here to help you. Learn more at SalvationArmyNorth.org.
0: Stay safe in your home with a $4,000 chairlift. Now half off for just $2,000 through this special offer from Starlift and this station. There's just one half-price chairlift available. Go to the station's website. Click on the More tab and half-price offers
6: or call the station now. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Want to uh, continue our discussion with our political wonk, Matt Makowiak. And uh, Bob, I apologize, we're not going to be able to get to Bob's call this hour. But if if Bob wants to call back in the beginning of the second hour, we'll definitely get to his uh, question. But uh, we want to finish up our conversation again. With Matt McCoviac And, hey, folks, be sure to uh, check out his uh, podcast, too, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, iTunes. It's the M-A-C-K Mac on Politics podcast. Always has some very uh, insightful and compelling guests. So do yourself a favor, check that out, and uh, be sure to give him a five-star rating, too, while you are at it. Uh, Matt, do want to uh, continue uh, talking RNC, specifically some of the issues uh, that uh, voters are concerned about. And I thought, obviously, the RNC did a a terrific job in addressing. I mean, the top three... uh, like has been said, like in 2016, not dramatically different. The economy, certainly on many people's minds, particularly in the midst of this pandemic, health care, Supreme Court would have you. But one that has really crept up uh, recently that we haven't seen in the past, but is really prevalent now and no surprise, has to do with violent crime. And do you feel that the Republicans acquitted themselves very well uh, discussing that issue? I mean, particularly in light of the scenery we saw outside of the convention after it was over with Rand Paul and his wife, Kelly, as well as Vernon Jones and his wife, uh, being besieged by an angry mob, just—it's not a good look for the Democrats, particularly how they're starting to finally address it. How this isn't appropriate after it had been going on for three months. So, with that end, Matt, do you think the Republicans acquitted themselves well addressing this particular
7: issue? I do. Uh, you had that, you know, powerful uh, speech from the New York Police uh, Union president uh, at the at the convention, uh, who I think I think yesterday called for the mayor of New York City to resign. Obviously, not going to happen, but it gives you an idea of how how, how angry they are, how yeah. angry the police are in New York. Um, look, there's two issues going into the convention where Trump had an advantage over Biden. The first is the economy, and the second is crime. And I think this this crime issue is is a big reason why the polls are moving. Um, and you know, all these polls are all over the place. And I don't think we should let polls, you know, determine our behavior, our enthusiasm, or you know, really predict very much. It's a very tough time to, to, to poll people, uh, given, you know, coronavirus, shelter at home. A lot of people have gone elsewhere. You know, it's just it's a weird time. But, but yes, I think on the crime issue, the president's done well. You know, the, the biggest talking point that Democrats are making right now is, well, Trump is saying that it's going to get worse at Biden's president, but it's bad now in Trump's president. And I just feel like that is so such a phony argument, because if Trump were if Trump really were the emperor that the Democrats claim he is, if they really if he really were the dictator, uh, the tyrannical leader that they that they claim he is he would be squashing all this stuff he would be using you know posse comitatus and sending uh troops uh, you know certainly troops but maybe the national guard into these cities he's not doing that because the, the, law, the law doesn't allow it the, the the constitution doesn't allow it the case history doesn't uh you know the case law history doesn't allow it um the fed excuse me the, the local, at the local level or the state has to request it and in some areas They have requested it. As you know, they requested it in Minneapolis uh, some time ago, and and it was successful. I believe it was requested in Seattle for a short period of time. Of course, you sent federal officers in to protect federal property in Portland, and that's why the the courthouse is still there. But you have areas like Kenosha, um, unfortunately, and certainly like uh, Portland, where those local leaders are, for whatever reason, refusing to allow allow that help. So I I do think this is an amazing uh, issue for the Republicans. It's a disaster for the, for the country to be witnessing this. I really think the Kenosha thing changed everything. You know, if you're a person, you're just an average citizen out somewhere in, in you know, suburban or mm-hmm. rural Minnesota or central Texas where I am, if you see violence in Portland or Seattle or Los Angeles, that doesn't really feel like a real threat to you. But when you hear that a city like Kenosha, Wisconsin, which most people know nothing about, mm-hmm. is being overrun because an African-American was shot by a police officer. Um, that sounds like that could happen in your community, in your neighborhood, in your suburb. And it can now. Uh, you know, they're, they're not protesting in Kenosha with Kenosha residents. No, there, there aren't a lot of Black Lives Matter activists in Kenosha. Correct. Right? These are people that are coming in trying to create chaos. And they are. And it's got to get stopped. Uh, but right now it is absolutely politically benefiting the Republicans. And that's why uh, Vice President Biden is going to, I think, come out against the violence finally. Tomorrow, where he apparently is going to leave his basement and start campaigning
6: again. <laughs> right. uh, we, again, uh, political walk, Matt McOvick on talking about the Republican National Convention. We do have a real quick uh, phone call. I'm going to get to. Uh, Actually,
3: uh, she hung up. We're uh, good.
6: Pat hung up. Okay, never mind. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to, uh, to move on with the questions and or with this. Uh, again, few minutes uh, to go in this uh, particular segment talking Republican uh, National Convention. Uh, Matt, even if uh, e- even even if Trump does fall short uh this november uh, you know i know we've talked a lot about senate races the previous uh, uh guest appearances you've had and i'm not going to get into specific senate races because we you know we've covered that i think quite a bit and if something changes next time we'll certainly address it but uh if trump happens to fall short this november do you uh does that mean that the the senate is lost too i mean is that incumbent upon trump winning for the republicans to hang on the senate or do you think that uh, they could somehow survive a a Trump loss by uh, keeping the majority in the Senate. What's your uh, latest analysis on that?
7: Good question. I would say the chances the Republicans hold the Senate if Trump loses are probably like 1 in 10 or, or 2 in 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to have Republican incumbents in non battleground states swim upstream and overperform Trump by, you know, 3 to 5, maybe 7 points, right? Okay. So it would be people like Cory Gardner in Colorado and Susan Collins in Maine and Joni Ernst in Iowa. I mean, the problem is a lot of these states where you have key Senate races, you have – they're also battleground states, right? Arizona, Martha McSally, uh, Tom Tillis, whose numbers have not been very good in North Carolina. When you go down the list, a lot of these states are in play uh, and are are going to – the the presidential race is going to affect them. Now, if you're a good – if you're a U.S. Senate incumbent, you should be able to follow the top of your ticket because you should have your own brand. You should be winning votes from the other side. And so I do think in Montana and Colorado and Maine and a few of these other states, you'll see that. Um, but you're going to have to see that in, in Michigan if they're going to pick up John James, if John James is going to pick up that seat, if Jason Lewis is going to make a real run in Minnesota. I'm really interested in Minnesota. I mean, I, to me, you know, at the closest margin of any state that Trump lost last time. I cannot imagine all this craziness in Minneapolis is playing very well in the suburbs. Right. As you know, it's a disproportionately white state. It's a very ag uh, dominant state. It has a lot of rural areas. I, I really, the Trump campaign is bullish on Minnesota, and they are spending a lot of time and a lot of money there. That is really one to watch.
6: Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point. I know that what we saw here from the midterms. Now, midterms are what they are. The the incumbent president isn't on the ballot, so typically his opposite party performs well, and. Well, the trend we saw is, yeah, uh, Trump-type uh, uh, candidates continue to perform well outstate and in rural areas, but the suburbs, they just got absolutely crushed. And to your point, uh, people in the suburbs don't want to see what's going on in Minneapolis and St. Paul come to their area. So I think, that, yeah, that's going to be a very key issue. Uh, you know, Certainly, the, uh, that doesn't mean that all these legislators have to win their races, but if they can somehow—and this is something that Republicans in this state don't seem to realize— we're not expecting you to outright win some of these urban areas, but if you just increase your margins, that, that makes a tremendous amount of difference. So, yeah, he only lost by a point and a half uh, in 2016 when there was uh, 2% less turnout than in 2012. So that's obviously it's an obvious point, but it's definitely going to come down to turnout. But I'm a cynic. Uh, Republicans haven't won a statewide race here since 2006. So until it actually happens, I'm not going to believe it, but uh, something to uh, keep an eye on, that's for sure. Well, Matt, as always, Appreciate the time, very valued insights as always. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Take care, Brad. Be well. See ya. M twelve eight of the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Hour number one uh, in the can, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, on his way to the broadcast the uh, broadcast museum, museum of broadcasting. Uh, getting into the Ryan Rush Limbaugh mode with this tune on. Hey, hour number right. one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
1: There's a lot going on that makes it easy to lose your cool these days. But Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is here to help. This August, you can get a brand new air conditioner for just $2,500 with the purchase of a high-efficiency furnace. It is pretty cool that Standard Heating is offering low payment options and 0% financing. For 90 years, Standard Heating has been helping the Twin Cities enjoy year-round comfort. Just ask one of their 500,000 satisfied customers. The standard of quality and expertise continues today with their Nate certified technicians and no contact protocols to keep you safe and comfortable. So keep your cool and more of your money during Standard Heating's summer blowout sale and get a new air conditioner for just $2,500 when you buy a high efficiency furnace. And don't forget to ask about payment options and 0% financing. Find out more at standardheating.com slash patriot. Standard heating and air conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930.
0: Your business needs leads and sales. There are potential customers online right now looking for what you do. Will they find you or your competitor? You need Salem Surround. The marketing team here at Salem Surround is ready to help your business now. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. Are you ready for retirement? It's a simple question,
4: but if you're not ready, it can severely impact your quality of life during retirement. You cannot afford to take that chance. Here's David Scranton, best selling author and CEO of the Retirement Income Store. You don't have to cross your fingers and toes hoping for growth in this unpredictable stock market. There is a more conservative way, and that's to invest for income without all the stock market risk. Call the Retirement Income Store at 866-935-9807 for a free no-obligation conversation with one of our income specialists who will answer any retirement-related questions you may have. Call 866-935-9807 now to speak with an income specialist at the Retirement Income Store. That number again, 866-935-9807 for
0: the Retirement Income Store.
4: Where retirees go for income. Online at theretirementincomestore.com. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm.
0: Did you know that the Patriot mobile app can do more than just stream your favorite shows? Here's cool feature number one. You can set an alarm on our app that will automatically start streaming The Patriot at whatever time you decide. It's easy. Just open the menu in the upper left-hand corner, select Alarm, and choose a time. You can set it to wake you up in the morning with Hugh Hewitt or any of your favorite hosts. Download the free AM1280 The Patriot app today. AM1280 The Patriot.